Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. Before we go into the sermon, I actually, once in a while, we have been doing a, a quick testimony in terms of giving. Clara, can I get you to come up? And uh, and that's Clara, Clara is making her way up. Um, the, the reason for us is, come on up, up here, Clara. The reason for us giving these uh, quick testimony is because I, uh, for the past couple months, I've been really felt convicted from the standpoint of the verse from Matthew 6, verse 24. It's about you cannot worship God and money. You either love one or hate the other. You cannot devote yourself to God and money. So this is something that speaks to us. We encourage everyone to have a greater revelation of Jesus. We encourage everyone to worship Jesus. We encourage everyone to read scriptures. We encourage everyone to spend time in, in scriptures. However, we also need to encourage everyone to devote ourselves to Jesus and turn away from money, and make sure that money is not what is keeping us back and holding us back. And that's why once in a while we have a testimony about the revelation of giving and how that can give praise to Jesus, but at the same time, it helps us to grow in our trust and dependence on Jesus. And I'm asking Clara to to share a a quick testimony of her revelation on giving. Hi. Yeah, so um, I think my relationship with money has really drastically changed over the past months. I grew up in a missionary household that was stateside, and so we still, all of our income was from supporters, but every need that we had was completely covered. We had a home, I was very comfortable, and as soon as I could legally work, I got a part-time job. And so as a teenager, anything that I could dream of wanting, I got within the week. And if God really wanted a testimony, like I wanted a testimony of God's provision, I would wait two weeks to save for something really big. So it wasn't, um, any giving that I did was on a whim. Any giving that I did was not really affecting my enjoyment of life because I didn't feel any lack or any need. Um, and so when I moved to school, my family and my extended family uh, had been saving up money to pay for my schooling. And so once again, all the money that I was making was mine and mine to give. Um, But what my husband shared last week is that he came to the States two years ago with $100 and one suitcase. And what he didn't share was that before that he was living a missionary life and every cent that he spent was given to him by people who felt compelled to give by God. And so I I know that people in this room can either relate to me and my story or they can relate to him and his in giving or having enough. But when we got married, My financial reality completely flipped, obviously, as a young married couple in college. Um, So now we needed to pay for a green card, we needed to pay for rent, we needed to pay for some medical bills, we needed to pay for his school. And then all of a sudden, my spending money was being spent on all the chicken breasts that are discounted. And I'm telling you, it just like, it doesn't compare. And so I really struggled with this. I didn't genuinely did. It felt like, um, like I had a lack and that I didn't have something to give from. And so when Daniel, he's just a generous guy, you know, so he'd come to me and he'd say, I feel like God is leading us to give. I feel like this is on my heart and it's from the Lord. And we would look at our budget 
And I'm telling you, the math just doesn't line up. Like, they, we had nothing to give. And I look at him, I'm like, Daniel, no. And we would pray, and God would say yes. And so we did, and we gave. And um, I think it's just, it, it really looked impossible. But somehow, even though Daniel's eating every beef package in existence, God provided every single month. And I'm telling you, if you take our incomes and you add them up and you do the math, we do not have enough for everything plus giving and giving whenever God says to give. But it's just the biggest testimony that I think that I can carry is seeing God work that way in such practical examples in my life. And um, in 1 John, it says that we believe because of what we have seen and because of the testimonies that we have. And so now when I can pray for people and I pray for God's provision, I really actually believe that God wants to provide for them because of the way that he provided for me. And so I started to see kind of these cycles in my life and, and it starts with prayer and out of prayer, that prayer affects your reality because your reality starts to shift because you take acts of faith through giving. And then your reality affects your worship because now you have testimonies of what God has done and you see miracles of what God has done. So then your worship affects your prayer, your prayer affects reality, reality. And it's this beautiful cycle that starts to happen. And what's cool is, is when these cycles are happening in your life, you take a, an act of faith through giving and then that starts a cycle in someone else's life. And then all of a sudden these cycles are happening and, and the beating heart of the church becomes generosity. And it's just such a testimony for the rest of the world because you see the kindness and the care of the Father and the way that he delights in providing for his children. And I just am a really big witness of this. Thank you, Clara. So good. Um, the, the reason that we, we want to focus and address on giving is, it, as I said earlier, from Matthew 6, um, 24, it is a big topic that nowadays people don't talk about and don't address. And before I go any further, I do want to say that this is a very generous church. So we're not talking about giving because we need money. We don't need money. Well, let me take it back. We can always use the money for something to fix the buildings. However, we want to encourage everyone, just as much as we want to encourage everyone to worship, to sing out to Jesus, we want to encourage everyone to think about giving because from that place, we can trust that Jesus, our Lord, is our ultimate provider. Not the government, not employer, it's not based on how hard we work, which we should work hard, but it's our Lord Jesus. So thank you, Clara, for saying that. Uh, okay, so with that, let's uh, move into our sermon for today. So Thomas... Come on up. We, uh, as some of you may know, I think most of you know Thomas. Um, we are going through the series on Proverbs, and we will be touching on Proverbs chapter 2. And I've asked uh, Thomas to share a little bit, and then after that, I'm going to call up uh, Daniel to share too. So why don't we reach out our hands and pray for Thomas. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for this man. We're so thankful for his heart. We're just so, so thankful for who he is. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will speak through him now this morning. That it is your voice, it is your heart, it is your revelation, it is your power, it is your love that will come through. And that all the things that he said will be from you, and I pray for us, that we will receive all that you have for us, Lord, and allow those things to transform us and change us. And as we grow more into an image of who you are. Thank you, Lord Jesus, and I pray to all these things in your mighty name, God. All right, Thomas, here we go. Good morning, everyone. 
Um, I always think it's funny when people introduce themselves right after being introduced, but um, I don't know how else to start. So I'm Thomas. Hello, everyone. Um, Thomas McCann. I joined this church roughly a year ago after coming to Chicago. I came to Chicago for Moody, for Moody Bible Institute, where I'm a theology major. Um, I recently got married, me and my wonderful wife, Haley, just celebrated six months, half a year, which is crazy. Um, it's been a great relationship so far in our six months. We've never once fought and I've never once been wrong. It's wonderful. Um, seriously though, it's been really great. And, um, she was up here last week giving her testimony and that was really nice to see. We're a, we're a power couple right now, I guess. <laughs> Um, so yeah, today we're going to be talking about Proverbs 2, verse 1 through 6, and then Dan will take the second part of that. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and read that. It says, My son, if you accept my words and store my commands within you, turning your ear towards wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So we're going to take a look at those first couple verses, the first four specifically to begin with. And it begins with a series of ifs. If you accept my words and store my commands, if you turn your towards wisdom, if you call for insight, cry out for it, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll go later into what happens if you do all of these ifs. But what I want us to take a look at right now is that first verse. It's interesting, verses two through four or so are pretty normal things that you would see throughout the Bible. It's, you know, just very uh, Christian ideas, very normal. And verse one is as well, but the context is a little different. It says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, it's important to note that this is from the perspective of a father talking to his son. It's, it's Solomon writing. And what I think I get from this, and I would love if you get this too, is the value of listening to someone who is overflowing with wisdom. The value of being with someone who just, it oozes out of them, who God has blessed with wisdom. There's great value in being in communication with someone like that. There's great value in talking with someone like that. Um, for me, in my life, it was my father. He was blessed with great wisdom throughout his life. I, I believe he got that from his father. And I was able to inherit a lot of that just by being with him, just by talking with him, just by sitting with him and hearing what he had to say because God had blessed him, so he got to bless me. When I got engaged, I found a man who had shown a lot of wisdom throughout his marriage. I found him and I talked with him and I just sat with him and he got to teach me that. He got to uh, give me that wisdom that he had been able to give to his wife. And uh, it was just really valuable for my marriage. 
Um, a lot of the times, the person will be older than you, someone with a lot of wisdom and experience, but even a peer who has been found to give really good, wise counsel can be absolutely invaluable. Um, after this, it says, into turning your ear towards wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, for if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, and then it answers the question to all of these ifs in five, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So if you do all of these things that it talks about, then you will understand the Lord better. Then you will understand his heart. And I'm not gonna go too deeply into the idea of the fear of the Lord. That's a whole message in itself. But what's important to notice for the context of this is that Solomon is writing as if fear of the Lord is a good thing. We think of the word fear as negative, you know, fear of the dark, such and such. But this is a good thing, something to strive for, um, to understand the Lord better. We're trying to know him more. And Solomon says that that happens through listening and understanding, seeking understanding. Verse six, for me, was the most influential part, the part that touched me the deepest. It says, for the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. In my life group, we have a life group uh, with Mike and Kalina. It's a shameless plug. Um, we were talking a couple weeks ago when we first started the uh, message series on Proverbs, we were talking about how to gain wisdom. We were talking about if a person who does not possess wisdom can gain it. And we came to the conclusion that the only way to do that is through God, is through asking God and being with God. Without knowing it, we had said exactly what this, is verse, what this verse is saying. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. The Lord gives wisdom. We don't get it anywhere else. Look at Solomon. He wrote this. He's the most wise person in all of the Old Testament, it seems. He got it because he was talking to God. He directly asked God in a dream for it, and God gave it to him. He didn't get it by intense study. He didn't get it by forcing his way into wisdom. Who else in the Bible is extremely wise? Jesus. And why is Jesus wise? Because he is God. His oneness with God influenced and gave him that wisdom. And that's something that we can get out of that too. We can gain wisdom by being with God. We gain wisdom by our quiet time, by reading the Bible. We gain wisdom by prayer, by listening to him. That's the only way we can get wisdom. Knowledge can come by working for it, by reading, by study, but wisdom comes only because God decides to give it to us, and he wants to give it to us too. That's the wonderful thing about it. If you ask him, he will give it to you. You see that all throughout scripture. God gives freely. He wants us to have wisdom and understanding and, and the ability to know him more. 
He wants you to have that. All you have to do is ask. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you. Dan, come on up, Dan. It's, um, <clears throat> I love the passion that was coming through. I didn't know if you were going to stop at any time. So I thought you were going to go through the whole chapter of Proverbs. But well done. Thank you. All right, next is uh, Dan. He's, um, he's going to take over. I was going to say something funny, but it would not be appropriate. So I'll just hand the mic over to you. Oh, actually, let's pray for you. Let's pray for you. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for this man. I'm just so thankful who he is. Just thank him for his heart and his love for you. Holy Spirit, just speak through him right now, Lord. Just thank you for the revelation that you have imparted upon him, that deposited within him. And I just pray that he will be able to speak from that place, from the place of knowing you, place of knowing your love and your wisdom and your uh, plan for his life, Lord. And I pray to all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Dan Sapenko, for everybody who's new. Uh, me and my wife, we joined the church two years ago. And uh, build uh, on what Thomas said, uh, I want to look at verses 7 to 11. Uh, actually, fun, fun fact, uh, we, um, they got married a day before we did, so I guess we also have an anniversary of six months. Um, before uh, before uh, we jumped into the verses, I want to share with you a story about my little, my little sister. So she's 10 years younger than me. And growing up, I had this responsibility to teach her life. But every time I would make a statement or tell her something to do a certain way, like you have to do this or that, she would always ask me, but why? And then I would explain it to her, and she would follow up with another question, but why? And I realized there is never an end to that. She can, you can go in circles. And, um, and it's interesting. And uh, Proverbs is a book on wisdom. And uh, as Thomas said, uh, it's a father telling a son and teaching him wisdom. And some of you are parents, and you, you know exactly this feeling when your kids are asking the same question as my sister did. But why? And though it's so obvious that kids do that thing, sometimes we as adults act the same way towards God. When we don't understand something or it doesn't quite make any sense, we tend not to do that or ignore certain things because it doesn't really make any sense. Well, unless we are ready to accept God's word and his knowledge in our hearts, it will be impossible to see wisdom reflected in our actions. And I will say it one more time. Unless we are ready to accept God's knowledge in our hearts, it will be impossible to see wisdom in our, in our actions. And uh, let's look at verses 7 to 9. Thank you. So, what do you see? Uh, let me read it. So, he holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. So, what do you see? At first, when I read it, it seemed like a very generic Bible proverb. Nothing special. And then I was, I was reading it over and over again. And I actually noticed that God is emphasizing an action of a person rather than the knowledge that he has. For example, whose actions are upright, whose walk is blameless, whose course is just. Sometimes reading Proverbs, I have this expectation that once I like kind of gain this wisdom and, and my life will be effortless and smooth and I almost can see Solomon on this like cover of a magazine Forbes, this, you know, this guy sitting like this in a chair 
and telling you how to be successful. And, and uh, but then you open the Bible and it seems like a ton of just most random verses that have nothing to do with each other. Well, they might look insignificant to you, but it's actually very significant. Every verse, every proverb has a lot of wisdom that can transform your life. If we apply it and put it into action. And you might ask, but why? <laughs> well, I will tell you why. Because it communicates God's heart. And as, as Thomas said in his sermon, it's God telling, it's God giving, God gave this knowledge and wisdom to Solomon. So it's God communicating to you through the Bible his heart. And he's expecting you to act on it. He's not just saying you, okay, just gain this knowledge and have it. He's expecting you to act righteously. And again, I'm going to pull it from the Bible. It says, whose actions are bright, whose walk is blameless, whose course is just. God wants to bless, shield, guard, and protect the ones who are living righteously. And Proverbs is more than just a good thought because it communicates God's heart. And uh, some of you know that uh, Claire and I, we got married in June and we moved in together in this lovely apartment and we immediately started decorating. Well, at first we had a pretty, yeah, whew. at first we had a pretty good budget for that. We, people gave us a lot, so we started spending. And two months later, we realized that we started overspending. And if you know me and Claire, it's very easy for us. So... <laughs> We were decorating the apartment and then we were like, okay, we actually need to cut the cost because money are not uh, limitless. So, and, and we realized, okay, we need to cut on everything. So we need to save on every expense that we have. But there was last project that we wanted to finish is to um, set up the curtains in our apartment. So we bought the curtains, we bought the poles. And actually, and the poles were the most expensive part. And we, and we actually got an extra accident, an extra pole. So we decided to return it. So we created a return label and Amazon emailed us and said, hey, I don't know if you've ever, uh, Amazon ever did it, but you can actually keep the, keep the product and keep the money. Uh, very sweet of them. But me and Claire, we looked at each other and we realized that, hey, I think we found a loophole. <laughs> we might as well return all of them and keep all of them and, uh, and keep the money. I know, not very righteous of me right now. But... It was the first thought. It was like, okay, who would find out? Or sometimes we have those thoughts because, oh, it's a big company. They have billions of dollars. We are missionaries, kind of. And we, we need more than them. We become God and we start acting though as though it's ours. And for us, it would have been an extra $150, which would be nice. You know, you can just spend them on whatever you want. But on the other side, as uh, me and Clara were praying, we were like, okay, this action doesn't reflect who God is. And we could not do that. Not because it, wasn't, it was illegal or technically it was legal. Technically, we could have done and got away with it. And Amazon wouldn't know. And nobody would kind of congratulate us if we do the right thing. But in our heart, we knew that this action does not represent God. And we know that it's just like it's not something that God would, it's not something that Jesus would do. So the next time you have a hard choice in your life, I want you to pause and, and ask yourself, does this action reflect God's heart? If you are hesitating or you're not sure, most likely you should not do that. Because God stores success for the upright and he guts the course of the just. 
and it communicates God's heart because God loves righteous people and God loves when people act righteously. So to summarize, the first point of this passage is saying that God is expecting you to act righteously and if you obey, if you obey he's going to bless you and he's going to guard your path. So the next point, uh, we're going to move to the next uh, verses. The next point that the passage makes is um, how to get our knowledge in line with our hearts and our actions. Well, you might be asking yourself, okay, so God expecting us to act righteously, uh, but how can, I, how can I get this understanding and wisdom of what to do, what to do and what not to do? And often uh, Christians associate this um, wisdom with the, just the head knowledge, something that you have to memorize, kind of remember, read daily. But actually, it is not only head knowledge, it is a heart knowledge too. If we look at verse 10, it says, when wisdom enters our heart, then the knowledge of God is pleasing to our souls. And, the result, and the, as a result of that, you will understand what is right and just and fair. The answer is simple. We need to let wisdom enter our hearts. Then our actions will reflect our beliefs. I'll say it one more time. We need to let the wisdom enter our hearts so that our actions will reflect our beliefs. And the next time um, you read Proverbs, I, I challenge you not to treat it as just a textbook or something that you have to do or it's a requirement. I, I, I would challenge you, even if it's Proverbs, to open your heart for God to work in you. And knowledge is more than intellectual apprehension. It is a way of knowing within, with, with the entire being, the knowledge that touches your emotions and will. It requires a, a commitment of the whole person. If I... If I asked Mike, I was like, Mike, um, who is your wife? And he would give me the answer that she's blonde and she's 5'5". Five five. I would probably say, okay, Mike, I don't know if you know actually your wife. Or if I ask Lauren, hey, tell me about your grandma. And she, the only answer that she would give me is that she's old. You would probably all think, okay, Lauren has no idea who, um, who her grandma is. because Not because this information is not true. It's just because it's not the way to describe the person. Well, knowing God is wisdom. This knowledge of God is wisdom. So, do you know God? Do you know God is just some abstract thing that kind of flows in the air and blesses you sometimes when you, do, when you act righteously? We need the Spirit of God to truly understand Him and, and understand what He wants us to do. Because just as it was written in verse 11, for wisdom will enter your heart... And the knowledge will be pleasing to your soul. Wisdom produces understanding and understanding will guard you. So to conclude, I'm going to go over the points one more time. Number one, God desires righteousness. And God desires you to act righteously. I'll emphasize that God desires for you to act righteously. Number two, God desires for wisdom to enter your heart and your soul so that it will transform you from the inside out. And the third final point is that Jesus is an ultimate wisdom of God. And uh, if, you can, uh, if you can pull up the verse, 1 Corinthians 23 to 25. Okay, Let's take a little second. Uh, verse... 1 Corinthians 23 to 25. 
Uh, actually, I forgot to put it in my notes. But anyways, I will just read it to you. Uh, just listen up. Uh, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and wisdom of God. Christ is more than just a, um, just, just like it's something separate from God. God is, Jesus is the wisdom of God. Christ is the cause of transformation in you. And that's the only way for us to act righteously is through Christ alone. And Christ is the reason why we can accept God in our hearts. And Christ is the reason for our transformation that will, so, so that our actions will reflect our beliefs. Therefore, a call to wisdom is the call to Christ. And I will say it one more time. A call to wisdom is the call to Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas and Dan. That was, uh, that was great to both of you guys. So the theme for this morning, if hopefully uh, a takeaway, as you can remember, is if you want wisdom, get to know God. If you want to get to know God, get to know Jesus. To get to know Jesus, we will have wisdom. So uh, there's something to keep in mind. I want to thank you, you guys, for sharing with us. And thank you for, for you spending the time to prepare, to hear from God, and, and let us know and share with us from Proverbs chapter 2. So um, with that, well done. Again, well done. Just so you guys know, the very first time that I actually had a mic and that stood in front of the stage, I actually forgot my name even. So, uh, so well done, both of you guys. All right, so with that, we're going we're gonna to end the meeting for today. Why don't you guys stand up? Let's stand up, stretch your legs for a little bit. And uh, let's close our eyes and I'll pray for us before we, uh, we end the meeting for this morning. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for you, God. As we gather this morning to worship you, to honor you, to praise you, we're so thankful for you, God. Again, most of all, we're so thankful for you. Now, I just ask right now, Jesus, that you will give us a greater revelation of who you are first and foremost, and that we can get to know more of you, Jesus, so we can walk away and, and have more wisdom and be able to live a righteous life, just have a greater understanding and be able to uh, decipher and walk in the way that you have called us to walk and speak in the way that you call us to speak and live in the way that you call us to live, Lord Jesus. I want to thank you for you, Lord. And as we just talked about having wisdom is to get to know Jesus, I want to take this um, moment just to say, for those who, who are here today, who have been visiting, or you have been going to church, if you do not know Jesus, I want to give this opportunity for you to give your life to Jesus. All you have to do is repent of our sins and accept Jesus as our Lord and as our King, as the Son of God who died on the cross for us. So if anyone here don't know Jesus and you want to get to know Jesus, just raise your hands and I'll lead you into a prayer to accept Jesus into our heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. We honor you, Lord. Just thank you for today. Just thank you for, for who you are and thank you that you speak to us when we're worshiping you. You speak to us when we praise you. You speak to us as we sit and hear your word and just listen from scriptures. And I pray that we will receive those things and let those things take deep root within our hearts and then grow and transform us 
into more of an image of who you are and be a witness to your light in this season. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And we pray to all these things in your mighty name, God. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.